Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you struggle with poor health? Would you like to change that? Welcome to the Heal the Herd podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. So how are we going to improve your health? Well, there's only one way to do that. Give you some new information, information that needs to get out that you need to have if you want to turn your life around. The first thing to recognize is something most people just don't know. And I'm going to tell you why. There are two reasons why people don't know this. All right. The first thing to recognize is almost every single health condition is caused by emotion that's trapped in the body that hasn't been dealt with, usually past trauma. Now, I know that's new and you're like, what? Probably scaring you a little bit, but I'm going to prove it to you. And I'm going to show you the science behind why it is. Even the CDC itself, admits in their own reports that a minimum of 85% of all health conditions, illness, disease, injury, all of them have a direct emotional element. So the information is out there. But why aren't we hearing about it? There's two reasons. The first one is the media. And I'm going to read from this book, The Biology of Belief, Bruce Lipton. He's a leading expert in this field. And I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs directly from his book. I thought this is the best way to do it versus trying to, you know, memorize it or whatever and get his exact words correctly. Okay. This is what he says, because there are only three diseases that if you're born with the gene, you will definitely have it. Everyone else, we can be born with certain genes, but it doesn't mean we will instantly get it and instantly get that disease. So I'm going to read from it. Of course, there is no doubt, he says, that some diseases like Huntington's chorea, beta thalassemia, and cystic fibrosis can be blamed entirely on one faulty gene. But single gene disorders affect less than 2% of the population. That means less than 2% of the population in the world is born with that gene. Okay? The vast majority of people come into this world with genes that should enable them to live a happy and healthy life. The the diseases that are today's scourges, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, short-circuit a happy and healthy life. These diseases, however, are not the result of a single gene. See, we've all been told this myth, you know, my parents had it, that's in the genes, I'm going to get it. No, you're going to see what makes it possible 
It's your emotions. It's the transferring of that emotion that's never been dealt with throughout your family tree that causes these diseases, not the gene itself. So he says, these diseases, however, are not the result of a single gene, but of complex interactions among multiple genes. And here's the key, environmental factors. Now that just doesn't mean the air we breathe and all of that, although that can have an impact. Primarily, our environment is the emotional environment we grow up in. And I'm going to read, I'm going to show you something else that proves that as well. So what, he says, so what about all those headlines trumpeting the discovery of a new gene for everything from depression to schizophrenia? Read those articles closely, he says, and you'll see that behind the breathless headlines is a more sober truth. Scientists have linked lots of genes to lots of different diseases and traits, but, but, scientists have rarely found that one gene causes a trait or a disease. The confusion, here's the first reason why you're not getting the truth and why your health is struggling. The confusion occurs when the media reportedly distorts the meaning of two words, correlation and causation. It's one thing to be linked to a disease. It's quite another to cause it. So that what he's saying is there may be a correlation, but it doesn't mean it causes it. It's quite, okay, it, we, I'll say it again. It's one thing to be linked to a disease. It's quite another to cause a disease, which implies a direct controlling action. So what that means is the media has been lying to us. We're all getting the wrong information of, oh, you have this gene, you're going to have this disease. Oh, no, that's not true. There might be a correlation, but it doesn't cause it. If I, and he gives an example, let's say if I show you my keys and say that a particular key controls my car, you at first might think that makes sense because you know you need that key to turn on the ignition. But does that key actually control the car? If it did, you couldn't leave the key in the car alone because it might just borrow your key for a joyride when you're not paying attention. Do you see the key doesn't drive the car? In truth, the key is correlated with the control of the car, just like a gene, cancer, depression, all of these are correlated, but they're not the cause. In truth, the key is correlated with control of the car. The person who turns the key actually controls the car. That means we control our disease, our genes, whether they get activated by the environment we are raised in and the environment we experience. We are the controller of that. Specific genes are correlated with an organism's behavior and characteristics. What are characteristics? Emotions, patterns that have been passed down for decades through the family. That's why there's a history of alcoholism, whatever. That original emotional environment has never been healed. And so it keeps getting passed down. But these genes are not activated until something triggers them. See, what that means is we can be um, completely filled 
with all these genes that might cause or correlate to us having a specific disease. But unless the environmental factors are right, that gene won't turn on. And so in his book, he cites in 2003, a 10-year study of government stats showed that adverse reactions to prescription medicine was the leading cause of death in the U.S. See, we're all running to pills and all these different things that don't work because they're not dealing with the source of the problem. Pills, medications treat symptoms, not causes. Now, why, why are we going to this? Why is this happening? This is the second reason why this happens. But first, I want to, before I do that, I want to show you how, why medicine, I'm not saying don't take medicine. Medicine is a wonderful advancement. It can be a great short-term solution to lower the effects of the emotional disturbance you haven't dealt with, but it's not the solution. And here's why. I'm going to show you how pills work. This is a very crude example, but Candace Pert, this is from her book, another leading expert in the field. It's basically a, an adaptation of how she describes it. See this tennis ball? Consider it a cell in your body, all right? And you know how tennis ball has all those little hairs on it, right? Consider those to be receptor sites. Now, receptor sites are Basically, I'm, this isn't true, but I'm just for demonstration. Think of that as all the different genes, okay? Now, we have thousands of receptor sites. Now, let's say right here where it says pen, let's say this is cancer, okay? Or depression or any, anything you're struggling with. What medicine does, what pills do, is we take that and the medicine... The pill doesn't attach just to these receptor sites where it says pen. These hairs, these little bumps, with the, which is what receptor sites are, it doesn't attach to just those. It attaches to the whole cell. That's what causes all of the side effects. See, now all of these other receptor sites that might contain other diseases or other illnesses, we have just activated them. Now you have diarrhea. Now you have the shakes. Now you have disorientation. Now you have all of this. None of those things you were suffering with, none of those parts of the DNA or the gene were activated, but medicine activates it. Listen to any single advertisement for any pill you're taking. And the um, side effects most times are 10 times worse than anything you're, do, you're, you're already experiencing. And then you take the pill and now they say, well, take this pill for that. And the, the side effects just keep blowing up. You just keep activating more and more illness and disease within you because you're not dealing with the source, the emotion that has triggered these. See, we've discovered that the mind and body are connected and that we store all of our traumatic memories in our body. So when a part of your body breaks down, every part of your body correlates to a certain emotional trauma, emotional condition. And, in, and when it's not being treated, it just keeps firing. That cell keeps firing until it breaks down. And eventually you have low back pain, you have depression, you have cancer, you have whatever it may be. Well, until you go back and heal that emotion and stop the repeated firing of that emotional chemical addiction in your body, You'll stay sick, okay? So why? Why don't we address, why in the medical community 
don't we address this? Why are we teaching doctors about this and giving them the skills and tools that we actually need to improve our health? Well, it's pretty simple. The drug companies control almost, they fund, not control, they fund almost every single medical school that any doctor goes to. Do you know that in almost every school, not a single doctor ever, ever takes a single class to learn about emotions, the mind-body connection, or trauma? Nothing. Yet, the science has been out for years that the mind and body, or Candace Pert discovered it, it was in the 70s and 80s, this connection. Others have proven it as well. And yet the medical community refuses to do it, refuses to look at it, in part because who pays their bills? The drug companies. Now, I'm not saying don't, like I said, drug companies are great. They've made some incredible advancements. But the medical community sticking its head in the sand on this proof is killing all of us. Now, I want to read you something else. And this is the proof. This was a, just one, one example of the proof of what, you know, childhood trauma, trauma in general. But childhood trauma in general, how it ends up creating poor health. And the medical community has known about this for years and they still won't adjust. Okay? Now, this comes from a landmark study done by Kaiser Permanente. There was a doctor who was originally doing a study on obesity. And he noticed that people in it would go like this. They'd lose weight, but they'd gain it back. And finally, one of the people in the study, he's asking him, well, what? You're doing great, but then you go here. And, and the lady turns to him and says, don't you realize, doc? I eat because I'm in pain. And that clicked. And he completely, Dr. Vince Politi, completely changed his focus. And that's when they did the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. Now, this was a study that was co-sponsored by Kaiser Permanente. Over 20,000 people participated, the largest study of its kind. And we're talking people like you and me. We're not talking about people at low-income brackets. Or It was a cross-section of nor so-called normal people. And they asked them a series of questions which identified basically eight core, what they call adverse childhood experiences. And here's what they were. It came into categories. Did you experience any type of physical abuse? Now, many people don't know this, but spanking is physical abuse. And I know people are like, well, that's a great way to teach a child discipline. Well, let me ask you, when you make a mistake at work, are you okay with your boss saying, come in here, pull your pants down, I'm going to spank you? Well, of course not. You'd file a lawsuit like that. But yet we think it's okay to do that to a defenseless child who's just immature and learning about the world. That's abuse. Spanking is abuse. It's physical abuse. So is pushing all of that. So these were the topics. Physical abuse, sexual abuse. We all know what that is. Emotional abuse. That can have many layers. All of us have suffered that. If your parents ever rolled their eyes, said anything condescending, we've all experienced that. Physical neglect. If you grew up in a one-parent household, which over 50% of the population has, you were physically neglected. Not because your parents are bad, but they just couldn't be there. Emotional neglect. Of course, if your parents aren't there, you were neglected emotionally. They couldn't be there for you. They were out working, trying to provide for you. You suffered right there. If you've been divorced, you've suffered at least two adverse childhood experiences. 
Exposure to domestic violence. Now, what this study didn't ask, it was all asked if you saw it, if you were exposed to it by men. Well, science now shows that women are more physically and even more extremely physically abusive than men, both verbally and physically, that now the dynamic has changed. We've done such a great job training men not to be as abusive, but we haven't done it with women. So now the scale is tipped. Women are more abusive than men. It's true. And that's not even in the study. So think of this. When I give you the results, they're not even, they haven't even asked about that side of things. So these numbers are skewed. They're way lower, and you're going to see how high they are. <clears throat> was there household substance abuse? That can be food, drugs, alcohol. Well, uh, gosh, what is it? Over 80% of the population is overweight. That's, a, that's substance abuse. There's another adverse childhood experience. Household mental illness, depression, anxiety, anything like that. Well, look at the stats on those conditions through the roof. Was there parental separation or divorce? Again, over 50% of the population has been through that. There's another adverse childhood experience. Was any person incarcerated? Were there legal troubles? Now, out of all of those, <clears throat> almost 70% of the population has experienced at least one adverse childhood experience. Most of you listening are sitting there going, my God, I had three, four, five, tons of them. We all do. And the medical community knows about this and doesn't tell you about it. Heartbreaking. Same with the news. Why isn't the media telling you this? Now, I'm going to read directly from the results of this report. This is what they said. About two-thirds of individuals reported at least one adverse childhood experience. Out of that two-thirds, 87% who reported one reported at least one additional ACE. What that means is nearly 90% of the population has experienced at least two or more adverse childhood experiences. Now listen to the correlation to your health. The number of ACEs was strongly associated with adult high-risk health behaviors such as smoking, alcohol and drug abuse, promiscuity, severe obesity, and correlated with ill health, including depression, heart disease, cancer, chronic lung disease, and shortened lifespan. Compared to an ACE score of zero, having four adverse childhood experiences was associated with a sevenfold, a 700% increase in alcoholism, a doubling of risk of being diagnosed with cancer, a fourfold risk in emphysema, an ACE score of six was associated with a 30-fold, 3,000% increase in attempted suicide. You wonder why the suicide epidemic is going berserk? Right here, adverse childhood experiences, the pain we experience in childhood. The ACE study results suggest that the maltreatment and household dysfunction in childhood contribute to health problems decades later. These include chronic diseases such as heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes. Those are the most common causes of death and disability in the US. The study's findings, while related, relating to a specific population within the US, might reasonably be assumed to reflect similar trends in other parts of the world according to the World Health Organization.
So the bottom line is this. The pain and trauma we experience in childhood is making us all sick. All of us. It's driving all of the health conditions. I just gave it to you. If you want to learn more about it, just go, just type in adverse childhood experiences. The whole report will show up and you're going to finally be able to get the real information, the real solution to your health problems. We need as a society that we need to attack the media. We need to beg our doctors to start getting the real information and real training, the medical schools. I, I commend Cigna. If you're, I, like, if you're a member of Cigna Health, as they're your primary care provider or insurance provider, they've, you know, were running for months a massive ad campaign using Queen Latifah advocating all of their members to make sure you bring up your emotional condition with your doctor if you're ever sick or hurt or have anything going on health-wise. They are, that's the first insurance company that's recognizing, wait a minute, it's our childhood pain. It's our emotional dysregulation because as a society and news and medicine, we've never talked about this stuff. We've never given permission for people to deal with the source of our health problems. And Cigna is finally recognizing, wait a minute, what's costing us billions of dollars a year in treating people as an insurance company? What, how can we save money? I mean, I'll be honest, it's a profit. I, you know, they're only doing it because they want to increase their profits. But the truth is we all benefit because they're now advocating what is the source of our emotion, of our health conditions. It's all trauma-based. That's what you need to focus on. Now, I want to give you some quick correlations between how this shows up, all right? I can't go through every disease, but every, every client that ever comes into my office with any health condition <clears throat> or is ever, has a cold or whatever, I know exactly what they're struggling with emotionally. And the second we address that, their illness, disease, whatever improves because that's the source of it, all right? So one thing to recognize is any, any issue you have on the left side of your body correlates with basically the feminine side of us. So most likely a situation with your mother or the, the female primary female caretaker in your family. <clears throat> Anything on the right side correlates to the masculine, so your father. Like, I'm a perfect example of that. I've broken countless bones, surgeries, everything. Almost every single injury I have, I've ever had, is on the right side of my body. Look at my hand. You see how this finger is all distorted? I mean, surgeries, you look at my face, all the scars from playing hockey, all everything. It's almost all on the right side of my body because of my relationship with my father. It's true. Think about it. Pay attention. Where are you feeling? What's the situation, past or present, with that side of your family? And you're going to go, oh my God. It's because as a kid, this happened. We've never dealt with it. And that's why this part keeps breaking down. Okay. Now let's talk about some of the hot hot things. What are, you know, what, if you're experiencing depression, what is that generally about? Well, depression is stored anger. You feel you don't have the right to possess happiness. Okay. So what that means is you most likely, you had no ability to live in your morals and values, needs and wants, and what was negotiable and non-negotiable for you. You were raised in a way that you weren't allowed to express who you were. 
And therefore, you don't have to know how to say no. You have depressed who you are and you're filled with rage over that because you can't walk in your authenticity. Your parenting, the parenting style you went through, took away your authenticity. You can take, and, and this is proven, every single antidepressant medication out there, doesn't matter which brand, tests out with less than 0.2% difference in efficacy, meaning whether it works or not, is sugar pill. The only people take depressive medication, go, oh, I feel better. It's all psychosomatic. They think the pill will work. And then the side effects for most people, depressive medications, because remember how pills work, all the side effects make everything worse. Now, the, and this is what's sad is all the um, drug companies are trying to suppress those test results, which they had to do to get FDA approval, but it's all out there. Depressive medication for the most part doesn't work because it's only tr trying to treat symptoms, not the cause. If you're depressed, it's childhood trauma, the way you were suppressed. That's the solution if you want to get out of it. What about anxiety? <clears throat> anxiety is the inability to trust the process of life. Well, why can't we trust the process of life? What people don't realize with anxiety, an anxiety or panic attack is you're sitting there watching TV, everything's great. All of a sudden your heart starts beating, racing thoughts. The reason that is, is remember, we store trauma in our body. So your body is screaming at you. You have past trauma you've never faced and addressed. And it's now showing up screaming at you to deal with it. So why do we not trust, trust the process of life? Because we went through trauma that broke our trust. And that's never been healed. We have to go back and regain the trust within ourselves to navigate that stuff and the anxiety the panic attacks will go away. I have a member in one of my great in my greatness movement university groups. She, we just had a class Friday night, and I said, "What?" I asked her. I said, "What's the biggest change that's happened to you since you started doing this program?" In the nine, this is the ninth week, the end of the ninth week, and she goes, "For the first time in my life, in nine weeks, I've ne I haven't had one single anxiety or panic attack." And I was like, well, how long would you, I mean, okay, but how long would you normally go? She goes, the longest I ever made it was five days. That's it. We're dealing with the source of the problem. Her depression, her anxiety are all leaving because we're dealing with the emotion that caused the original trauma. It was all family stuff. Now that she has the skills and tools, the panic attacks are gone. That's always the solution. We need this information. What about cancer? This is everyone, you know, it's the big thing now, right? Cancer is caused from deep hurt, long-standing resentment. Sometimes for some people, it's a deep secret. It's basically grief eating away at yourself inside, carrying hatreds, a sense of what's the use. Because here's what happens in cancer. Our healthy cells turn against, our, turn against us, literally. Our healthy cells turn against us. Well, what are we feeling when we're resentful? What are we feeling if we're keeping a secret? What are we feeling if we have deep grief, hatred, a sense of what's the use? We're eating ourselves alive inside. All that emotion of those things are killing us, but we don't know how to let them out. We don't know how to deal with them. We don't know who to tell the secret to. We don't know how to release the anger because it wasn't okay as a child. That's the solution. I've had countless cancer patients come to me and all of a sudden we start working on this and their doctor's like, what are you doing? Your results shouldn't be this high. You're, 
you're improving. We've never seen this. We dealt with the original adverse childhood experiences that caused the cancer, that allowed that gene to be turned on. So, I know this is hard to hear. I know how denial works. I also know how the brain and body works. When we hear new information, it triggers our fear center. All right? Anything we've never seen, touched, tasted, smelled, or hear, we immediately go into denial. I write about it all in my book. This is why change is so hard. So you've just heard truth, but you've never heard it before. So your instant reaction is this. See, that's an emotional reaction. Until we learn the skills and tools to be able to accept new information, we'll stay sick. We'll stay stuck. This is the information your doctor, the media needs to tell you about. This is what you've been lacking. This is why your health is so poor. Now, the choice is yours. You have two choices. You can continue down that dark, lonely path and have a shortened lifespan, a less enriching life. That's what's sitting in front of you right now. Or choice number two, you can go, that's it. I'm done. I am done. I'm going to go become an expert in all of those childhood experiences, all of that pain I've avoided. I'm going to face this. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to live in the greatest version of myself. I need that for me, my family, my partner, everyone I come in contact with. If you're ready, if you're going to choose choice number two, send me an email to kw at kennyweiss.net. That's kw at kennyweiss.net. Kw at kennyweiss.net. The way you spell my last name is W-E-I-S-S. Send me an email. We'll set up an a individual phone call to walk you through this and get you the solution. Start giving you the books, the court. If you want to take the courses, you want to work individually, fine. But at the very least, I will get you the information so you can start dealing with the source of your health problems instead of treating the symptoms. It is your turn to be great. You deserve this information. You deserve this solution. Take that choice. Choose your life. Choose your greatness.